the the first thing I just want to start with is thanking you for coming onto this podcast. And we are honored as a society to be hosting you and and speaking about the groundbreaking work you're doing in South Africa. And I would love for you to start with maybe just walking us through um, the psilocybin trials that are happening at the moment that your company is conducting, because I think that's that's what our listeners are most curious about at this point. Absolutely. Firstly, Savannah, I'm the one who's honored. I mean, both by you for giving me this opportunity um, and the community members at the Psychedelic Society of South Africa. Um, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity to be a part of, of something bigger. Um, and I know we share the same vision and passion to just share the word and education um, around psychedelic medicine um, itself. Psychedelics has had a huge impact um, on my life. I myself have suffered from um, severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and it literally, um, it saved my life. And um, basically what our trial encompasses as well and what we had as a vision for, for our company was whatever trial we embark on, number one, that it is geared towards helping and assisting developing countries and nations, and that it is geared towards um, and focused on women as well. As you would know previously, um, in many um, psychiatric um, trials, women were previously um, disadvantaged by either not be, being included within a trial, and if they were included within a trial, the results that was depicted wasn't meaningful or significant to how those specific drugs or molecules um, impacted women as a whole. So um, a while ago, the United States or the FDA did bring out a bill that whenever a psychiatric trial or any mental health trial does take place, that the results um, is significant. Um, or does speak to its impact um, within women. However, this hasn't always been the case um, and it hasn't always been done. And the reason why we also chose HIV, um, as you know, within South Africa, it is one of our biggest um, uh, diseases that impacts um, our country and mostly are women as well. And if we look at most of the people living with HIV in the world, South Africa has 20% of that population. So currently we have about 8.2 million people in South Africa living with HIV. In Sub-Saharan Africa, more than 4,000 women get diagnosed with HIV per week. And 63% of all new diagnosed HIV cases are within women. And a recent study has also shown that um, when a patient with HIV actually suffers from major depressive disorder, and this is more than 40% of people living with HIV, um, their virulence factor actually increases. And this was basically one of the major um, impact factors for us um, in terms of choosing the patient population for the trial, um, as well as the, the disease area um, that we were looking at. 
And I know that if there is one medicine that is all encompassing, um, it would be um, psilocybin based on um, the studies that has um, previously been done. And as you would know, yes, we know, or sort of know um, on a certain level, the biological impact um, psychedelics has sort of on, on the serotonin receptors and neural networks, but very little is understood about this molecule and its entourage effect um, within estrogen. And that is also one of the key aspects um, that we will be focusing on the trial as well. Thank you. I, I think that speaks into how relevant your trial is for South Africa and the South African mental health space. And I am so glad that you explained why you chose that particular uh, population for your trial. And I would love for you to maybe just speak into a bit more of the entourage effect that it has on estrogen, because I have not heard of the interaction of psychedelics with the different hormones, um, apart from, as you said, the serotonin molecules. So it would be very interesting, I think, for our listeners as well, what you might expect in your findings or what your hypothesis is, um, how, how the psychedelics will impact in that realm. Absolutely. So it is actually hypothesized that the more estrogen a, a woman has or carries, the heightened the effect or efficacy of the psilocybin will be. So if we look at our demographic and our population, um, especially in our women, um, we tend to be um, a little bit more um, bigger or bigger boned versus um, other women around the globe. Um, so the hypothesis is that uh, should we have patients with higher levels of estrogen, that the efficacy rates um, and, and sort of treatments of the psilocybin um, will have a much bigger impact or effect um, versus in patients with sort of lower um, estrogen levels as well. So it is, it is groundbreaking, it is exciting, and um, I, it will probably be about eight months before um, we have the results um, for the trial um, post kickoff, but um, I am, I'm really, really excited for this. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I think we're all super excited to see the results. Where did the hypothesis come from? Was it purely a biological basis? Um, so a previous study has been done, I think it was one or two studies, but not sufficient um, to actually um, have a generalized claim on this hypothesis. And, and that is why we feel additional research needs to be done as well as in a bigger patient pool. Uh, but the results retracted from the study uh, or both studies um, has been positive. So, uh, and I know there is an additional study being done in South Africa, not necessarily with psilocybin, with, but with another type, or I wouldn't call it a, a, a natural psychedelic, um, looking at the same um, prospect, because they have seen that women who were sort of on the bigger side um, of, of the weight spectrum had better and longer lasting results um, than both men and women um, that didn't have higher estrogen levels. So it, it, it will be very interesting um, what is published um, within that domain um, over the next year. 
and I think it will definitely change um, the way we, we view psychiatry and treatment as a well. whole. Thank you for that. What I'm wondering as well with these trials, I know obviously you are also very connected to the um, indigenous side of the use of these plant medicines. And I know respecting their, their history and the sacred culture that goes around these medicines is very important to you. And I was wondering with these trials, whether the company is taking a more Western approach or if you have incorporated any indigenous elements, um, yeah, what kind of basis are you working from with your, with your approach to these trials? So with the current setup um, of the protocol, it does follow a more Western approach based on the sort of counsel that was received. However, we do want to bring in an holistic approach and integration. Um, we will be launching um, a platform very, very shortly within the next two to three months. And the platform will basically form a foundation for whether it's clinical psychologists, psychiatrists, um, healers, to have additional training, um, additional access to protocols that has a more holistic approach with um, respect to the administration of psychedelic medicines. Because I don't believe that only focusing on one side of the spectrum will do the patient justice. And I don't believe, and this is my personal opinion, that should we only focus on sort of biological and Western side um, of medicine, that the full effect um, of the psychedelic will be seen. For the first time in history, Savannah, are we seeing the congruence or the coming together of psychotherapy with medicine? Previously, patients, they came into a doctor's room or a psychiatrist's room um, or clinical psychologist's room. They had their consultation. They were sent home and basically left to their own devices in terms of taking their medication. For the first time, we are seeing a congruence between psychotherapy as well as the administration of medicine. We are seeing the holistic acceptance of even from Western doctors in South Africa embracing traditional culture um, in terms of how these medicines are administered. And it's a beautiful thing to see. I do believe that we have to come together um, and, and we shouldn't see this as, as a challenge or a competition as to whether it's Freudian or whether it's a, a shamanistic model or whether it's a union model. At the end of the day, we have to consider what is best for patients. We have to consider all the modalities that has worked and this brings in our traditional cultures who has been doing this hundreds if not thousands of years with success and if we have to leave that component out in terms of how we're going to be administering this medication or how this patient will be receiving it then we failed 
I definitely agree. And I am so glad to see that you and, and, and the company behind you are starting this work in South Africa. And I think it will probably be a largely a learning process just because of the difficulties that are inherent in a holistic approach and the fact that a holistic approach, you cannot take any other approach with psychedelics. I think that's what makes it such a interesting and such a vital medicine as well. Absolutely. So I, I, I doubt that would even wait that long, but this is definitely a stepping stone. Um, number one for the rest of Africa, it is a stepping stone to sort of open up the regulatory system to consider other psychedelics as well, um, like your MDMA, um, your ketamine, um, iboga as well, uh, which is another um, traditional medicine that we will be looking at. Um, and I think it, it is so vitally um, important that we not only focus on single APIs and molecules, but look at holistic plant medicine and modalities as well. Um, because that is a way that our people or our human race um, has been taking psychedelics for hundreds of years. So this is, it's, it's only the beginning. Um, and I do believe that once again, we, we cannot do this alone. We have to include our traditional healers and cultures, um, our shamans, our regulatory authorities, our academics, because we, we cannot do this alone and it cannot be an isolated view um, and approach. In order for this to work, we have to work together. And I have obviously encountered a few, a few individuals who are trying to take the approach with psychedelics of put it in pull form and let's market it to the masses. Seeing it more as a commercialization and capitalization opportunity and I would love for you to speak into the the risks and the harm that that could be doing in the psychedelic space now that these medicines are re-emerging. Savannah um, I can't stress this enough number one intention always matters and the way we do things and why we do it always carries significant um, consequences. We have to understand at the end of the day, um, number one, the disparities between how we're living as a Western culture versus how these medicines have been administrated in traditional cultures. If we don't have the necessary infrastructures and support structures in place to support our patients, to support our caregivers, whether this is traditional healers, whether it's clinical psychologists, psychiatrists, sitters, psychedelic nurses, then we are in grave danger and we are making a huge mistake. There is more to this than just simply saying, we are going to bring this molecule out onto the market and we're gonna make millions. That, that is to me, it's, it's the wrong approach and it's a failed approach. 
we have to take into consideration the people first. What is it that we need, which is education, which is insight, additional research, collaboration with our traditional healers and our academics and our regulatory authorities. And only once that infrastructure is in place, can we really consider bringing this out onto the market? Yes, we want psychedelics to be accessible. We want it to be legal, but we also want to consider to what extent um, do we want this to be available? Because we have to be responsible about this. Um, and I know that you would understand this uh, with respect to the preparation that has to go into um, before you embark um, on a psychedelic journey. And it's more than just looking at your nutrition um, or your current um, medication that you would be taking, whether it's a SSRI or um, anything else or alcoholism. Um, but we also have to focus um, on the internal aspect um, of this as well, meditation, um, journaling, if all those things are missing, then we're placing our people at a huge risk. And that is why it is so important that when we are looking to roll these medicines out into the market and looking at accessibility, and I wanna emphasize more on equal accessibility, that the models that these medicines were, whether it's single APIs or plant medicines are being rolled out with is holistic that it's all encompassing um, and that it has considered the lifestyle of our people because we don't always have the comfort of staying in the Amazon jungle or in Peru for three months at a time, being able to do soul searching um, and, and live in congruence with nature. No, once we embark on this journey um, within a few days, we have to be back in the working environment. We have to be back in society. And if this is not done correctly, then we will do more harm. So I'm gonna say this again, intention matters and our action carries grave consequences. Do you think that a huge part of the problem might be the, the suppression of these medicines for so long because people aren't educated? And so the responsibility, it's a huge responsibility to have resting on the people who are conducting the trials, who are, you know, trying to set up protocols and trying to create uh, therapeutic models. And it's difficult because it's almost like starting from scratch because the population is so uneducated. Where do you see the biggest problem lying with helping people to responsibly use these medicines? It would definitely start with education because people fear what they don't understand. And psychedelics um, has been stigmatized for so long. And unfortunately, probably half of our energy um, will be spent um, on destigmatizing not only psychedelics, uh, but the use of psychedelics in our African um, populations as well. Um, if we look at the Bawiti tribe, they have been using um, iboga for so long. I have spoken to local Sangomas who was actually giving psilocybin um, to their patients for mental health. 
um, not always necessarily for um, spiritual journeys because of their culture and, and traditional beliefs. Um, all of these things has to be taken an, into consideration and, and we have to respect others' views, others' beliefs um, and sort of meet them where they're at. But it definitely does start with education. It definitely does start with research um, and, and development and, and showing our regulatory authorities that these medicines are effective. Um, they do work. And, and I think that, that that is vitally important going forward. Definitely. And I would love for you to maybe just walk us through a few more details of the trial, if that's possible, um, in terms of preparation, the actual trial and integration, what process you guys are following in this trial? Absolutely. So as you would know, SAPRA follows FDA standards um, very closely. So all of the clinical trial criteria had to um, encompass and meet uh, these safety and efficacy criteria including um, our API as well, which is FDA approved um, and manufactured in the United States. Uh, so we'll be looking at a patient pool of about 30 patients. Um, we won't wait until all patients have been recruited to actually start the trial. So as we are recruiting and inducting patients, um, they will start their clinical trial journey. And each patient will remain um, within the clinical trial uh, for about three months. The clinical trial will take place here in the Western Cape um, at TASC's facilities. And in order to remove um, any bias from the trial, the clinical trial will be led by and overseen by um, Professor Raya Sidat from Stellenbosch University. So at no point um, will Kansan be involved in writing up of the data um, or, or, or task. So it removes any bias, any, any scrutiny. I think that's very important to hear as well, because as we're speaking about how stigmatized these medicines are, a lot of the population, even if they see the results of the trial on black and white, will probably still try and compromise the validity or reliability by saying that cancer maybe had ulterior motives or the trial was biased. So I think that's a very important um, point to mention that, that these biases are being eliminated. That was one of my, my biggest fears and it was one of the reasons um, why we wanted as well um, a university to be overseeing um, uh, the publishing um, of the data and the writing up of the data as well as leading the clinical trial because they are held um, to the high ethical values and standards um, in terms of the data and, and information that they do um, publicly um, or put out into the public domain. So that to me was extremely important because I know that this medicine will be effective. And the last thing I want um, is, is for this trial and the results um, to be scrutinized. So neither TOSC um, or CANSUN um, will be involved in that process. That's, that's really good to hear. Thank you for that. I'm wondering how are you going to be determining 
how successful the outcome is? Do you have a certain set of criteria that you're going to be using to judge the outcomes? Is it just the subjective feeling of the woman? Um, how How is it actually going to be measured? Because in the psychedelic space, the, the outcomes are cumulative the benefits are often seen only a year later, the, the extent of the benefits, um, because it, it creates this awakening within you, not only to better your, your clinically diagnosed condition, but your whole outlook on life. So I'm very interested in how you'll be, how you'll be determining how successful these trials are. Absolutely. So we will be using um, valid psychiatric um, rating scales. Uh, we'll also be using and utilizing um, fMRI and looking at brain scans and imaging as well. And as you rightly said, I've recently read a paper from um, uh, the John uh, Hopkins University as well, and it does show that the impact of psychedelics lasts till up to 12-month period, which is extremely significant. I mean, this has never been seen before. Um, not even in SSRIs, which could take up to about three months before you even see an impact versus um, psychedelics, uh, which has been administered in one dose. So I am extremely excited, um, Savannah, for what's to come and, and the framework and regulatory framework and acceptance of psychedelics uh, within South Africa. And I would really love to see um, additional trials being done, not only by CanSign, uh, but by other companies as well, looking at um, indigenous um, psychedelic medicine. Uh, so it's, it's exciting. <laughs> it is so exciting. And I think we're all, we're all waiting in anticipation to see, to see <laughs> these results, um, which I'm sure, I'm sure will be amazing. I'm also wondering um, where where are you sourcing the medicine from, and has that been a challenge considering that psilocybin is still illegal in South Africa? So the challenge was finding the right partner. And uh, to us, it's it's always important to do business with people who believe what we believe. I'm not allowed to mention the manufacturer's name. Um, because of the contract, but what I can say is um, the highly humanitarian, um, they're highly involved in equality and putting emphasis on the LGBTQ communities as well. They put a large emphasis on educating underprivileged, um, whether it's psychiatrist or clinical psychologist and getting them trained as well. So it's, it's we're really privileged to have um, them partner with us and to be able to have this medicine manufactured with them as well. Amazing, thank you. For the trials, the participants, will they be embarking on a few deep journeys? Will it be more microdosing? What is the What are the quantities that, that are going to be looked at in the trial? So we are going to be looking at your sort of larger quantities. Um, they, they'll be starting started on a low dose just to see um, in terms of efficacy and safety and, and whether they, they can handle it. And then they will be getting the larger doses um, of psilocybin, therapeutic doses of psilocybin. Yeah, that's, that's actually very interesting. 
it's a process where you okay. you see how they handle it first before moving on to the very high doses. And yeah, the the dosing question is always a question that comes up in in the psychedelic discussion. Absolutely. And another thing, um, Savannah, is our population is very very unique. Um, and as you know, with psychedelics, they meet you where you're at. And not everybody's journey is the same. And it will be very interesting for me to see from a cultural perspective, the impact that psychedelics has um, on, on our communities as well. And I think that that would definitely um, be another uh, revolutionary turning point for us. Do you mind elaborating a bit on what what you think the impacts would be um, on our culture when psychedelics are mainstreamed even more? So when I refer to that term, and well, as you would know, when you embark on a, on a psychedelic journey, um, can either be auditory or it can be extremely visual. And just um, taking it back again to Jung's archetypes and how um, psychedelics manifest in terms of the messages um, that they bring forth and how that is interpreted. And I think utmost care um, has to be given um, in that regard. And that is why it is so important that whatever approach that we take, that it is holistic and that there shouldn't be any preconceived ideas um, given to patients as to what their journeys would be like or what they would see um, and allowing them to experience those journeys for themselves and to be given the correct tools and skills to be able to um, comprehend what it is that they are experiencing um, for themselves as well. And that is why I, I hope that we in the future find a different term versus assisted <laughs> psychotherapy or psychedelic therapy, because I don't think that the mushrooms need assistance. What I do <laughs> think is that our patients need to be skilled and equipped for the journey that they are going to be embarking on to be able to have those necessary conclusions internally. And I do believe that post those journeys, just to be given the necessary support to be able to reintegrate back into society, because everybody's journey is going to be different based on their current perception, based on their previous, whether it's traumatic experiences, childhood, um, their history, how they live, their sort of social surroundings and, and acceptance and and I think all of these things has to be taken into consideration. And that is why set, setting and, and heart set is so important. And, and I really can't emphasize that enough. I couldn't agree more. And I love how you how you refer to heart set, your your heart space, what that. And I, I know you spoke about that in your previous uh, YouTube interview as well, where everyone emphasizes mindset. Um, but where your heart is at is also so important when, when working with this medicine. Absolutely. Speaking from my own experience, um, when we on, embark on a psychedelic journey, 
if we are not able to fully trust or let go or understand our fears, um, we, we experience a lot of turmoil within that journey and it tends to be a lot more difficult. But if we have that, those internal realizations and, and if we know what, um, where our fears and, and emotions come from and, and what we carry within our heart and, and having that faith in the medicine to just let go, these journeys can be so beautiful and so healing. And, and I think that it's, it's often difficult um, within a Western space to have this language. And I think that that is one of the things that needs to change. This is something that we can't box. And if we are always going to approach it um, from an academic perspective, then we are going to lose. So it, it is so important to be all encompassing and take spirituality and, and science into perspective. Uh, when we speak about psychedelics, whether it's from an academic perspective, whether it's in practice that, that, that we do um, consider both sides. I definitely think you and Can Sun work so well from a heart space, from the projects that I've heard you doing and, and the news that you've been releasing and, and your whole approach that you've taken with this trial. And I know you working from that heart space means pushing a lot of preconceived notions aside and, and working from a place of really trying to help people become well. And that includes all people not limited to certain populations. And I know we spoke about the potential of maybe doing trials for people suffering from schizophrenia in the future. And I know that's kind of a no-no in the psychedelic space. It's recommended people with schizophrenia shouldn't engage with these medicines. And I've heard some spiritual explanations for this. I've heard some medical explanations for this. Um, but I would love to hear if you can maybe speak into why your company might want to go into research with schizophrenic patients and your view of mental health in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, what I'm about to say is, is from my perspective. Um, I don't like the current definition of schizophrenia. Um, and, and I do believe that schizophrenia in itself is a spiritual emergence. There has a study, there, or there was a study that was done um, back in the 1980s where samples or urine samples were taken from patients um, with schizophrenia. And what they found was that the urine um, of people suffering from schizophrenia in Western terms was high in the concentration of DMT. And if we look at what a schizophrenic person goes through versus what's a shaman would go through at the becoming age or between the ages of 13 and 14 is they would start hearing voices, they would start seeing vision. In the traditional cultures, these individuals would be taken under the wing of their leaders in their culture and they would be trained, they would be supported, 
and they would be seen as the leaders of their tribes and as shamans. And in Western culture, our people are being put into institutions. They are labeled crazy. They're labeled mentally ill. And from my own personal definition, I just think that schizophrenia in Western culture is severely misunderstood. And uh, <laughs> yes, I do have a scientific background, um, but I, I, I honestly do believe that it, schizophrenia is, is, a, is a spiritual emergence and more research um, needs to be done um, in order for us to be able to redefine what these people are experiencing um, from a Western point of view. Thank you for that. I think it is so important for, for, for our listeners to hear, hear this perspective. And I know you have been awarded a scholarship to undertake your master's in psychology. And I was just wondering if you have decided on what your topic is going to be for your thesis, because I, I cannot wait to read it. And I think our <laughs> listeners will also be following you carefully after this podcast has aired. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I do, um, or I would love to look into iboga um, and its treatments and addiction, but I also would love to um, focus on the redefining of schizophrenia, uh, increasing or sort of increasing the focus on the sort of neuro side as well, and how somebody who is deemed a shaman versus somebody who is deemed schizophrenic, and looking at the synchronicities and, and how we treat and support um, these patients. And I really want to look at the definition and the use of psychedelics in the schizophrenia space as well, from a Western and um, traditional medicine point of view. Amazing. I look forward to reading that thesis very soon. <laughs> and Thank I wish you the best of luck with that. And then I think the last question that I have before we close off this podcast is, how people can support CanSun in their, in their vision and in their mission. And if there are any opportunities to get involved um, with this trial or future trials, basically helping you to conduct the research in any way that, that we can as everyday individuals wanting to get into the space. Absolutely, off the bat, firstly, spread the love and spread the knowledge um, and education on, on psychedelic medicine as a whole. Um, as indicated, we will be launching um, an educational platform within the next two months, but we will also be linking that platform with our partners um, who is skilled in the administration and the knowledge and education and training of psychedelic medicines as well. And we will be rolling out um, clinical trials in collaboration with them. If, if anything, if we're speaking about the com combination of combining Western and traditional medicine, they've got it. And um, I must say, we've, we've just been so blessed um, to meet people who share our vision and, and our passion and our culture, not 
only for psychedelic medicine, but to heal people. And most importantly, Savannah equality, we don't want to only have the top 2% of people to be able to access this medicine. So we are going to have or bring different modalities of both whole plant and single API molecules onto the market to cater for everybody. And once a platform is set up, um, we want to integrate those clinics as well to be able to conduct um, research. So if there would be patients that can't necessarily always afford to have a therapist or to have psychedelic assisted therapy, that our vision is to be able to make that available for them. So there's big things coming and we are really excited. And like I said, at the end of the day, intention matters. We, we wanna do work that impacts not only South Africa, but Africa and ultimately the world. And to have, or to be surrounded by a community that shares that vision and that passion, it's so important. And like I said, we, I really appreciate you guys and for just allowing us to spread our message and, and what we're doing. And we really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Donahue, for coming on this podcast today. Intention really does matter. And I want to thank you and Kansan for your intention and dreaming big and driving this research and, and putting South Africa on the map for, for the psychedelic renaissance. But more importantly, truly wanting people to get well. And, and we thank you and we support you. And we can't wait to keep following the trials and we will keep posting updates. We will be in touch with you and we cannot wait to see how your journey unfolds. Savannah, thank you so much and wishing you and the listeners much love and light. Thank you so much.